0: This week, we are very thankful uh, to have uh, Steve here one more time, and he has brought his lovely wife, Sheila, and so uh, we'd like to please welcome them this morning as they come forward.
1: Thank you. It's good to be back, and it's good to have my wife with me this time. Actually, we came early this time. (laughs) Boy, Mike was sweating last time. You're heading off to a missions conference next week. It's exciting. Are you excited about it? I think it's neat. I think it's neat that you do so much for missions. Some churches do one little Sunday. You've got a whole blooming week. I think it's awesome. And we're going to fo- follow up a little bit with our last week um, message on what God has been doing in history and what he wants to do today. And um, I want to look with you, if you would, in Acts Chapter 2, and we're going to continue on a little bit with after Pentecost. Some of you remember from last week, we started out with the whole theme of Bible translation and why we ended up needing a Bible. Where did our languages come from? Remember, it came from the separation of languages, the Tower of Babel. And then God basically spared humanity. And then He spent the next thousands of years through history finding men of peace, revealing his glory, revealing his word in their culture, in their language, and that's how we got our Bible. But then he unleashed his Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Remember that? And now instead of all these nations uniting under their banner for their purpose, for man's glory, for building our kingdom, which is what the Tower of Babel is all about, And God says, when they unite like that, nothing can stop them. He said, I have spent all this time preparing them to unite under my banner, my king, my Messiah, my kingdom. Now, how did that play itself out? And how is that going to play itself out for us today? And how should it play itself out for us in missions and this next week? So in continuing on that theme, I'm going to read with you, if you would just open your Bibles to the end of chapter 2. Now, they've gone through some time together, and let's look and see what they did. This is verse 42 to 47 of Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, and everyone had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he, as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is kind of like the utopia. This is like everybody was united. Same vision, same Holy Spirit. Same purpose. Everybody was selling their stuff because all these people that came from all these other countries needed something to eat. And they had no job. They were so united. They said, "This we don't want this to stop. And that was the picture of the early church. So when we have times of prayer and praise and we adore God and lift him up like you did this morning all through worship. That's when we're united. That's when we see unity happening. That's when we see our giving, our caring for each other. Because we have that one vision, that one purpose that God intended us to have. So when we talk about what brings about missions, we have to start with a common purpose. And that's united in praising God and putting him in his place that this is our king. This is our God. And this is why we do worship. This is why we sing. This is why we praise God when we get together because we're uniting our hearts and our focus, because we want to keep that, what they had back in the book of Acts, we want to keep that today. We want to rekindle that every week, kind of get a kickstart. That's why we do that. That's why we pray together. We praise God together. That's the beginning of this whole process of missions and what God intended us to do and be. So, next slide, they were breaking bread, They were filled with awe and wonder. The people all through the community saying these are the people of God. These are special people. These are somebody, a group of people that are unique. Is that what they say about us today at the church today? Well, I've heard some cool stories already this morning that God has been doing stuff, really neat stuff in pushing the gospel, the message out to the people because of how we have a united front, how you have a united front. I'm impressed by Burn. I think it's neat. I've heard some already some neat stories just in talking before this fellowship started today. Next slide. The next is a little, tr- little tougher. Confession and prayer. In Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7, 14 and 15, most of you probably know this by heart. This is what God says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray... And seek my face. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Next slide. Then he says, now my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Sometimes we tend to get going in our Christian walk and we stop thinking that there's anything wrong in our lives or relationships haven't broken or there's no issues. And God says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I will listen. You put ourselves in this place that we are sinners. And God, we need you. We need you. We need a forgiveness. If we're going to walk and come into that group, that first group of believers, anybody coming in had to repent, right? To come to Jesus, we have to repent. And then while we're in the faith, while we're with Jesus, there's still issues that come up. Say, Lord, this needs to stop. This needs to change. Because that creeps into our church. That creeps into our family. And if we want to have a missional heart, and we want to be impacting the world for Christ, Repentance and confession needs to be there, always, always there, always ready to say, Lord, we want to put ourselves in that position. In the Old Testament, I had brought this up last week, in Nehemiah, remember when they went back and they rebuilt the wall? Remember Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, he walked around the wall and he got the whole nation of Israel in sackcloth and ashes. How many of you have ever worn sackcloth? Sometimes I put it up when I'm going hunting, you know, for burlap. It's rough stuff. Throw ashes on yourself, dirty. We don't do that. We don't kind of like repent that way. But this is what they did. They put sackcloth, ashes on. They cried before the Lord for hours and hours. Sometimes we struggle with just a few minutes. And I want to read just a little portion of what Nehemiah prayed. It said, Oh Lord, it's in the next slide, God of Israel, you are righteous. We are left this day as a remnant. We are here before you in our guilt, although because of it, not one of us can stand in your presence. That's the reality when I compare my righteousness to a holy God. And it's only because of Jesus Christ that I get to even stand in his presence and Nehemiah was kind of restating this whole thing. He says, we are just a remnant. We are unholy people. Today, we celebrate because we have a king who made us holy and righteous. And that's something to take the nations. That's what this whole mission is about. That is what our message is. So when we pray, we not only worship God, have a unified front, but we acknowledge the fact that we are sinners, that we need to be constantly putting ourselves in the Lord Observe me, look in my heart, and see if there's any wicked way in me. Something that keeps me from hearing your voice. Something that keeps me from walking in your truth. The next, prayer and fasting. These are three different kind of things. One is adoring God, worshiping him. One is prayer and confession. Prayer and fasting. How many of you like to fast? You heard about coffee. I like to drink coffee. How many of you like to fast? You're like your favorite thing to do. I'm not very good at it. A day or two into this thing, and I become very grouchy. Very grouchy. In fact, a meal or two into it. And so I'm thinking, Lord, what's the deal here? Is this me? What's the, this fasting? I'm so happy when I stop fasting. I start praising God some more. We don't do very well with that. But something about pray and fasting and petitioning, seeking the Lord, He said, This is what I want you to do. And I'm going to look at a few things when. If we want direction, you want direction for your church? You want a pastor? You want your missionaries to succeed? You want your community reached? Do we want that? How much am I willing to pray and fast for that? In Acts chapter 13, 1 to 3, I'm just to read that for you. And the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius from Cyrene, Manon, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, see, after the God called them, they still fasted and prayed. To make sure, to set this thing, Lord, now What? Then they placed their hands on him and sent him out. To get God's direction, they Lord, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? I'm hungry and hurting and needing enough that I'm going to stop the basic things of life so that I can hear from you. That's what he's asking and telling us all through Scripture. His people did that. Fasting also... Next slide. Gives an anointing. Do you know that Jesus spent 40 days? You know that, right? Said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He spent 40 days in fasting and prayer. Do you know what he said after that? Immediately he came back after 40 days of prayer and fasting, and this is what he said in Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news. To the poor, He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. How did Jesus get that anointing? Did he just have it all the time? Did he spend 40 days in prayer and fasting, seeking the face of his Father, and saying, where's my ministry going? What is the anointing you have for me? If we want an anointing, of God on our lives to do something? He said it comes through prayer and fasting. That's what God wants from us. That's how this church, all through the book of Acts, moved forward. That's hard sometimes, isn't it? Think about that. Wow. I'd just like to come to church and let Pastor Mike and the group sing for us and we give our offering, get a good sermon and go home. He says... This is not the church. We talked about this this morning. Who is the church? We are the church. The church is out there. The church is during the week. We just happen to celebrate on Sunday morning. And it happens to be here and down the street and in Fort Wayne and many places. But we are the church. We just are celebrating today and thanking God for what he's going to do and encouraging each other to do more. But our praying, our fasting, that happens out there. Now, persistent praying and fasting because you're petitioning God for something. Remember the widow, the parable of the widow in Luke chapter 18? The persistent widow, she's, Jesus gave a parable in Luke chapter 18. He said, There's this widow who bugged an unrighteous, crooked judge. And he kept bugging, and she kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him until finally he said, you know what, I'm unrighteous, I'm crooked. I guess he said that to himself. He said, but this widow is bugging the daylights out of me, and so you know what, just to get her off my back, I'm going to do what she asks. He said, but your heavenly Father wants to give you good things. He wants to bring justice to you. He wants to answer your prayers. And then Jesus has a statement. He said, will he find faith on the earth? And I think, will he, say, will he find faithful people when he returns? Will he find us faithful in prayer? Will he find us persistently asking God to do something? Persistently like that widow. Or do we pray five minutes and say, well, I'm done. God, I'm good. He, did. he must God knows I already asked him once. For some reason, he wants us to keep asking him over and over and being persistent in that prayer. Let's tell you a story about David Watson. David Watson, I met, encountered him a few weeks ago, a few months ago. He was a missionary in northern India. And he went to northern India, had no clue what to do. He said, "God, I don't know what I'm doing here." He had to leave his other country. He said northern India was the graveyard of missionaries. So he raised up two hundred thousand people, all his churches to pray. Not 2,000, not 20,000, 200,000 people, Christians to pray. And he said, I'm going to seek God's face, I'm going to look in his word. And you know what he found? Remember last week we talked about Jesus sent out the 72? And he said, go encounter people, go by two, find a person of peace, do Signs and wonders, miracles, stay with that person and let them encounter God's word, disciple them, basically. And he said, that was like a revelation to me. He said, I'd never seen that before. And he said, so that's what I began to do. And in four years, he said, they almost fired me. He said, we still had four people. I was working with four guys. But over the years, he said, we have a million converts in northern India and 40,000 churches have started, not because he did it, but because those people caught God's vision. People were praying. He said it wasn't strategy, it wasn't technique. We followed what God said to do, and we began to do it, and people prayed. That's how God's work, how God's spirit, how God's power, how God's mission moves forward. So, last week, I told you that I'm going to have an ask of you. And... To reach the nations that have come to our cities, we've talked about Burmese, we've talked about the international world. I have an ask, not money, but I'm going to ask because we're trying to reach the Muslim Burmese of Southeast Fort Wayne. There are no believers among the Muslims, of the thousands of Muslims up there. So I'm asking for a 1,000 people to pray to start a people movement for one year let's pray that God begin to move give me people give us there's many people working among them. people of peace encounters and God begin to answer so to do that I like the next slide I made a Web, I mean, not a website, but an email called BurmeseFortWayne at gmail.com. And it does work because there's only things in there as test. Test. I tested it to make sure it works. If you would be willing, as a church, as individuals, and I know you don't have a thousand people probably yet in your church, but you will, in faith, for one year, say, Steve, I want updates and I want to pray. My name is, and this is my email address. And I'm in this. I'm stepping out. We're stepping out on faith. But I will send you updates. And we will pray together that God give us a 1,000 disciples among the Burmese in Fort Wayne. I don't know of any other way to do it. There's no technology. There's no technique that's going to take a Muslim and turn him to Jesus or her to Jesus. It's only prayer. So I'm asking you, you're the first church and I'm going to ask other churches officially to say, would you write this email address down and just send me a text? Say, I'm in. My name is. And then I will put them And I won't sell your, your email address, and I won't put you on another mailing. Is just be for this for one year. And let's see what God will do. Is that possible? Remember I told you about the person of peace that God gave us? This is back in July. Last Thursday, he and I started a Bible study together. I believe God wants to do something. His daughter and her husband, hopefully by next Sunday, will start another Bible study, a discovery Bible study, just to discover who God is. I have to do it in a different language because their English is so poor. God wants to do something. He wants to do something today in our world and our life. Can you be a part of that? You can. You can. And I'm giving you an opportunity to start here. If you want to minister, i got opportunities to minister too. But breaking down the strongholds by praying is the only way it's going to happen. We're going to move now to a concert of prayer for the next 15 minutes. And my wife is going to join me. And we're going to kind of go through what we did. We're going to praise God. And we're going to read through a psalm, and men, men, I need you to help me, because men are notorious for not speaking up. The women are going to read, they're going to pray one part, and us men are going to pray another part. So don't leave me hanging, guys, okay? All right. Um, We're going to read through Psalms 147, we're going to pray that and praise God together through that. And then we're going to move to a time of confession. My wife's going to lead that. And then Pastor Mike is going to lead the last part um, of direction and seeking God's face for his will, for this church, and for our lives. Okay? So, men, we're in white, and the women, when it's yellow, is theirs. So, let's not get confused. If you're color blind, just look at another man's lips, okay? <laughs> so, let's begin. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds.
2: He determines, ladies, the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble that cast the wicked to the ground.
1: Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call.
2: His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him and who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord. Jerusalem, praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat.
1: He sends his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He
2: has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. Okay. And as we see this, we see this God of creation. We see this God that loves the nations. He called out Israel for his own, but he has called us out for his own. As Steve was talking about, the, the verse from Chronicles, and we know that, and it's a really, really good one. If my people, who are called by my name, and you are all called by his name, would humble themselves... And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. So, right now, we're gonna go through a time of doing just that. We're gonna humble ourselves, we're gonna seek his face, we're gonna pray and turn from our wicked ways because the Lord is gonna begin to speak to you each one of you, and he is going to be moving across here with his spirit to pull out things that are in us and to move us to a place where we seek his heart and we want his ways to come. So in your row, there's going to be two or three of you that you can grab somebody around you. Maybe it's a family. Maybe you're there as a family. But we want you to go through this time, first of all, where you're praying just For your individual self, God is going to show you something. His Holy Spirit is going to show you something. And I want you to look and confess your sin. Now, you don't have to do it um, out loud if you don't feel like you can. But you can pray in in your little groups, you know, as a family, maybe you're seeing something as a family that you want to pray about, but maybe there's something that you want to do. So we're going to give you about a minute to do that. Okay. And then we're going to move to the next thing. Okay. So go ahead and pray together about three, four people in your group. And if you want to pray out loud, that's fine. If not, that's fine. I'll just give you probably 30 seconds. It probably won't take that long. Okay. Okay. Okay, we're going to move now to where you're going to pray together for your families. Maybe there has been times in your life where you've seen this generational sin coming down through your family root. Maybe there's things in your family that just need to get broken. Maybe there are things that God is revealing or has been revealing. Maybe you've got kids that are really struggling with not knowing the Lord or don't want the Lord right now. This is a time that we can pray for our families. Maybe you have fathers or mothers that don't see Jesus. I want you to take some time and pray. And even if you're not with a family group, but you're with your church family group, pray for somebody in your family or pray for a situation for your family. Okay? We'll give you about 30 seconds for that. Okay, we are now going to move to a time where we're going to start to pray for our community. Right now, we see there are needs in our community. The fields are ripe for harvest, but our community has needs. Where does God want to move in your community? Where are there issues? Where is there hope? Where can we, as God's people, bring hope to our community? So think of your community right around you here. Maybe it's far extending up into Fort Wayne yet. Or some of these other places like Portland. I don't know, Decatur. Your community. Maybe it's just burn. But think about that and where can God move and what are some issues that you need to pray for or against for your community? I'll give you about 30 seconds on that one. And lastly going to pray for our nation. We know we are going to be moving into elections, and we know that um, there's been attacks on the church in our country. We know there is a movement happening. God is has given us somewhat of a reprieve, and and of uh, some things but we know that it's still coming and we know we need him. So this is our time to pray for our nation and the elections that are coming. Okay? Give you 30 seconds on that. Okay. I'm going to give the mic over to
0: and just before we finish, um, two more things to pray about as a, as a church. Um, one of them is to pray for the direction of our church as far as the new pastor is concerned. And then uh, to pray a little bit more, like we did last week, about the missions conference. Um, what I'd like for us to pray about in our groups is, uh, with regard to the, the, the senior pastor and the future of our church, that we as a congregation would allow that the the Holy Spirit would allow our preferences to be God's preferences in everything that we do. And that's not to, to say to one group or another, but that the preferences that we have about what church should look like, about how church works and so forth would be what God is leading us to do. Amen? If you could turn to your those you're sitting around and just pray with, uh, pray about that right now, please. And so, finally, let's pray for all of our speakers for next week, uh, for the missions conference. Father, as we leave here today, our story is that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. May we not keep it inside us. May we not keep it inside the walls of this church. May you divinely open up avenues for us to tell our story. Lord God, for those who don't even think they have a story, Help them to know what their story is. As we go forward, Lord, may your peace, may your grace, may your joy go with us. We want to live our lives for you and you alone. It's in the masterless name of Jesus Christ that we pray this and we go. Amen.